0: Everyone, welcome back to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host Heather Thompson. Amanda Lynn Harvey, or Mandy Harvey as we know her, is an American jazz and pop singer and songwriter. Following an illness at the age of 18, Mandy fully lost her hearing, and with it, she thought she had forever lost music too. Depressed and hopeless, Mandy quit music altogether. However, that is not how this story ends. With the aid of visual tuners and the right people, Mandy learned how to find her correct pitches and her true musical journey began. She started performing regularly at jazz clubs and in 2009 debuted her first album, Smile. Her second album, After You're Gone, was released in 2010 and later she returned with her third album in 2014, All of Me. In 2017, Mandy appeared on America's Got Talent for season 12 where she took Where do you want to start? What do you well, want let's to talk about when you were studying music and you loved music and then you got sick. Yeah. And with the loss of your hearing, you thought that that might be also taken from you forever. Take us through what that time was like for you.
1: You know, it's it's always funny because when you go back to what people think is the beginning, that's where they want to start. For me, music was my way of communicating with other people and being a part of a community. When I was growing up hard of hearing, I was always very isolated from the world and from a lot of different people. And so being a part of choir was my way of one, seeing the music in black and white and being a part of it. And two, actually being in an environment where I could be a part of something bigger Than myself, and have those friendships and have that camaraderie to do something, you know, what I thought was important because you were connecting people. And so during this time at CSU, it was the culmination of a lot of different things. One, I do have autoimmune diseases. I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I have a lot of different things going on, but I also was having a lot of surgeries. I'm 18 years old. There's a lot of hormones at play. And my entire childhood, the big thing that everybody talked about was, well, enjoy music while you can, because at some point in your life, your hearing loss is gonna progress. And this might be a real a real challenge for you down the road. And then you're in this moment where your biggest fear, which is losing your hearing as a musician is fading in front of you. But the part that actually spiraled me was the going backwards into being in a world where communication was again, taken away from me. And as I've always been hard of hearing, that struggle to be able to understand the world it became more and more of uh, an obvious barrier and my my swirling of giving up and and depression was almost more linked towards the lack of communication and feeling isolated than it ever was about actually losing touch with music itself and so during this time I used to keep a notebook of all the different sounds that I could still hear, kind of what those textures felt like, what they sounded like, and then day by day review the list of the things that I thought were small, insignificant, but important to me, um, and then just mark them off when they cease to on. exist in in my purview. And um, it was a it was a small small journey um, of my life. If you think about how long it was, because over nine months, I went from being hard of hearing to being profoundly deaf, which is a small mark of my time, but it felt so incredibly massive that it just took over everything.
0: I mean, absolutely. You lose a love for music that you don't lose, but you can't function in it. Also, I mean, I know this and I want to share with the people, you also didn't really have the support necessarily that you needed from your instructors and people in the music program at the time either. In fact, They pretty much kicked you out, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you're talking about an institution um, and curriculum that was made over 150 years ago. And then you have the student who comes in and in a very short amount of time, everything turns up on its head. And so there's a part of me that understands their kind of hesitance to change curriculum just for me, because how do you go about doing that without having time and thought and prep to really giving me an education and a, and an ability to teach in a manner that would be conducive for that degree. Right. And at the same time, you know, I was so overwhelmed with experiencing a brand new world that I didn't really push as hard as I probably could have now. Like if now right. as a secure adult, you know, going into my day, I've I would have been able to like find a seat at the table and say, all right, let's figure this out. But, you know, I didn't have the fight in me to be able to help them to see it differently either.
0: Right. What a beautiful perspective, you know, honestly, to look back at it that way. Um, and, and say, but now times are different and we need to make room at the table for people. What was okay then isn't okay now. And we do have to, and, and yeah, you would have pushed harder, had you known different, but maybe wouldn't have been supported like you would today, right back then. So that's interesting. So it takes a long time to, to see change occur, but it's happening around us. It is, it happens yeah. around us and we try to get better, do better, be better. Um, and I love that. So, you know, you had a new way of doing life. You had a new way of living, figuring out, you know, who you were with now music as a secondary versus kind of a prime focus. Um, Working on accepting yourself and coming to peace with these circumstances—I mean, that's easy to say. I just spit that out of a sentence like it was nothing. Yeah, but it wasn't so easy. And no, you had barriers that you had to break down. Let's talk about that.
1: Well, I think I think that I I still continue to have those barriers. It's very interesting to me that people kind of tell me on a daily basis that I overcame my deafness, and there is no overcoming what you are you know Um, it's it's more of I grew into being comfortable with who I am and that took a lot of love and encouragement you have an entire world that you cannot communicate with and they cannot communicate with you you have all of your friends and family who you know My friends, they weren't in a place where they really cared to struggle to deal with it, most of them. And so, you know, like when you're at that age, you think that your friendships are going to be there for the rest of your life, but you're so young that you don't really see the forest for the trees. And new friends can be made. But my family, not being able to communicate with my family, I've been so overwhelmingly blessed to have family members who are caring and supportive. They just didn't instantly know how to communicate with me in that moment. You know, I had my sister who graduated high school a year early so that she could start taking community college classes with me so I was never alone. We were taking ASL together. My parents were coming and getting involved with those as well. Like I had a lot of care and support, albeit, you know, when you're in the funk, you know, like sometimes the positivity and encouragement that you do need does not feel good at the time. Cause you're like, I just want to wallow in the pain of it all. And you're just way too positive for me right now. And so there was a lot of adjustment, uh, on my own right of truly discovering who I am now because everybody can tell you this is going to happen or you're going to be fine or whatever. But until you really start to unpack all of that on your own, you're not going to get there. It doesn't matter how many, you know, cheerful phrases somebody gives you, you have to be able to see color on your own. And um, that took a long time and that took a lot of healing. And that same problem is something that is a part of my life now. There are still days that I wake up and I wish, gosh, wouldn't it just be easy? Easy to go to a grocery store while all these people are wearing masks and just understand what they're saying and not have to have this conversation every day of I don't understand what you're saying, I lip read here, just read my phone. You know, like it there's that barrier that is real that may never disappear.
0: Well, that's a pretty, you know, profound point. And, you know, as you say that, you know, you were watching your family learn and try to understand how to communicate with you, you were in turn doing the same thing, trying to understand how to communicate, period. Yeah. You know, how to get your voice across. And we had a pretty um, profound, to use the word again, conversation when the pandemic hit and Zoom was happening. Yeah. And, you know, we talked, for those of you who don't remember that are listening, and Mandy, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the American, uh, People with Disabilities Act uh, was actually passed in 1977. Am I correct with that? It's, it's been,
1: it's, this is the 31st year.
0: So 30, no. there's a big smile on our faces. Yeah. The Americans with Disabilities Act was 31 years ago. But think mm-hmm. about that. It's only 31 years ago. Exactly. And, you know, it was a very short time ago where. People in wheelchairs couldn't gain access to the grocery store. Certainly they couldn't take the subway in New York City. There was no possible way for that. There was no closed captions on our television screen. And Mm. with the pandemic, what happened was for people with hearing loss, they went completely backwards, completely reversed. So Zoom does not have a, a closed caption option on the free platform. You and I've talked about that. I wrote to leadership people at the Zoom at at the company. My son, Jax, who suffers from hearing loss and, you know, Mandy's been a great inspiration to my family. We were sitting there talking just a couple months ago about going backwards by being in grocery stores or wherever with people with masks and people with hearing loss can't read lips. They can't understand what's happening. They're literally left again out of the conversation that they just got brought into fully only 31 years ago. And so,
1: in that 31 years, you know, that's when it's, these things started. Passed. It's taken a very long time right. for that even to start kicking off. I remember when when I did AGT, I was um, sent all of these different letters from all these different colleges Um, around the United States about how this was the first year that they were acknowledging ASL as a foreign language credit and actually having that be connected. 2017, you yeah. know, like, and, and it's not, it's not recognized as a, an actual language in all 50 States still right. to this day. So, I mean, there's a long, there's a long road to tow, but you go back so quickly, you know, you have this major life change that everybody is experiencing. Everybody is stuck in the same pandemic. And so there is a hierarchy of what is important, what is not. And you have, you have all of these people who are, okay, well, we just don't want People to die anymore. Great. But how do you get people to actually understand how to protect themselves with communication? And then you have all of these different groups of people who have very limited communication, very limited resources, and very limited access to finding solutions to fix those problems. And, you know, it it does feel like going backwards in time, but it it felt like my entire childhood. It's weird to think that the ADA was signed during my lifetime. So that stamps my age, but I don't care. During my lifetime... This turned on. and my entire childhood, I've always felt like the stupid person in the room where everybody else understood what was going on except for me. And then in an instant, within 24 hours, I went right back to that same stupid kid. And nobody had the time, the effort, or the energy because they were doing something else. I wasn't a priority anymore. So I fell behind.
0: I think generally speaking, I'm sad to say that American. Americans with disabilities still to this day fall behind. I mean, when we talk about BLM and we talk about movements that are happening, which are needed need to, all these things that are needed to happen, we still haven't moved forward with ADA, you know, ADA, American with Disabilities Act. Like we're still not making we don't have enough places that are acceptable. We went through a pandemic where the major form of communication had no closed caption. Right. So while well, we get on to the next thing and the new thing and the trendy thing and all of that, which is good, we good. have so much work to do, yeah still in this arena
1: this is a this is a a hard, a hard example with all of the 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 very fashionable, also the very hot topic things going on right now, you have just bathrooms. Let's just talk about bathrooms for a second and having them be non-binary, You know, having it be for anybody. And that is the big conversation. But a lot of these bathrooms still don't have any accessibility for wheelchairs. We're fighting over what the sign on the outside of it says and groaning about having to pay to change that when we still have a lot of people who have never been able to access this bathroom physically, never allowed in the door. And so it's just like, okay, welcome to our frustration for a moment. I'm glad that you're here, but can we at least acknowledge that? Yes, it's frustrating, but you can pee somewhere, you know, let us let's, let's fix a lot of different problems at the same time, because they're all valid and they're all frustrating, but let's, let's continue to have the conversations that even though they're not, they're not new anymore, for somebody. I, I think that there's so many different things that need to be improved and it has nothing to do with saying that, stuff like the Me Too movement or Black Lives Matter are not incredibly important because they They are. are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just how can we find ourselves in a space where instead of arguing and yelling at each other about whose problems are worse, you know, that we can just have beautiful conversations and actually grow on all sides so that we as people can be better people.
0: Hallelujah. Now, you know, when you were on the BBC... I know that you did an interview back in 2017, you know, mm-hmm. after being on America's Got Talent, and you were accused of oralism. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Can you explain what oralism is? And when you first took the stage at America's Got Talent, that you actually received death threats? Can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? I
1: mm-hmm. think with with sincerity, you have always a polarizing of people. You have people whose views are far, far one direction and far another direction. Doesn't have to be necessarily with conservatives or liberal. That's just the way that we are. We compare and contrast each other. And with oralism, what I was being accused of is because I grew up hearing, I speak for myself. And because my job is to speak for myself or to sing, that I was pushing a narrative where I'm encouraging, you know, hearing people to only accept deaf people who are trying to be fitted in this group. And um, it was very far away from my reality because one, I truly do love ASL and the deaf community and being quiet and just expressing myself in that manner. But uh, also I've always pushed for inclusion, especially with ASL and having that be incorporated into my music. I would love for, for there to be nothing more than it just not to be surprising anymore that there is a deaf person who's involved in music. I would love for that to become so normal that I'm insignificant because it just is. You're like, okay, that person's a musician. Why do we care? about their background or their skin color or whatever. Why can't they just be a musician? You know, we have to have something to talk about. But with this with this problem that came up is there's a lot, you know, we talked about the ADA being only 31 years ago. There is a lot of past pain when it comes to the deaf community. There's a lot of past pain of isolation, of us tearing them down, forced abortions, institutions. They have the right to be upset. And in that isolation, you have communities that come together to support each other because nobody else is going to. And so my goal is to open my eyes and understand where their pain is coming from, allow them to express themselves because their pain is valid, whether or not they're going about it the right way is is a different topic altogether. And to be able to understand where that pain is coming from and then at the same token understand that this is also my life and my way to communicate. And I'll be damned if somebody is going to tell me that I can't live my life the way that makes the most sense to me. You know, They don't want me to judge how they live their life and they can't judge mine. I really do feel like as a community, we can move forward and have a much better narrative, but we can actually make long lasting change instead of Pointing fingers and ripping each other apart, which serves no purpose and benefits no one. The brokenness of those letters that were sent to me and those emails that were sent to me are rooted with genuine problems that I am also a part of, that I can do a better job with finding ways to make sure that this person is also being heard and protected because it's rooted from so much more than just me standing on a stage.
0: I can hear perfectly well. And I can't play the ukulele and stand up there and sing like you do. That's a God-given gift that you also then worked really hard at mastering. And you're continually evolving as an artist and a musician. And I'm so proud of you. And I can't wait to talk more and more about it. But I will say that I, being on The Housewives and You know, there was a lot of pain. I made a microaggression on the show Um, and I know better and I still messed up and made a mistake. You know, while the intent was good, the impact is what matters, all of that stuff I understand. Um, And I, on my Instagram page, there was a lot of people voicing things. You know, some people were really disappointed in me that I should know better and I do know better, but I still messed up and that's, you know, humanity. And I allowed it for as long as I could because I felt exactly like you did. This is a platform for this person. This is a place where they can have a voice. They can be heard on my page. I need to provide that space for them and I need them to be angry and be hurt and show their pain until it became too much now for me. And like you mentioned, I had to now self-protect. Right. and defend and you know, death threats came my way, You know, for a microaggression like death threats came your way because you can use your voice even though your ears aren't working for you anymore. Looking at it that way, I think is a really beautiful way to look at it. And so instead of dissing, you know what I mean? The naysayers actually understanding maybe how they got there, why they're saying what they're saying and why they're doing what they're doing. And we do have to have tolerance up to a point yeah. To allow that pain to be heard and hopefully lean into change.
2: Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely and conveniently online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be in many local areas. BetterHelp lends services to clients worldwide, and you can log on to your account anytime to send a message to your therapist, and you can expect a timely and thoughtful response in return schedule your weekly video or phone sessions when it's convenient for you and never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. Better Health is committed to facilitating a great therapeutic match for you so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. More affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living your best life today. Visit BetterHelp.com backslash InMyHeart. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have already taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Use the special offer for In My Heart listeners and get 10% off your first order at BetterHelp.com backslash InMyHeart. You
0: know, you have overcome a lot. I I mean, I feel like we're we're glossing over it a little bit, but I'm going to just go back to something that you said because it tends to be part of my kind of champion song of No Barriers, which is the Mm -hmm. charity that we share in common. And um, that was wallowing in it. I kind of came from a world and a mindset where, you know, it wasn't how you hit the mat because we're all going to fall. It's how you get back up. And I never allowed myself much time to stay down. You know, immediately I would get punched by life and I would fall back, but I'd pop back up like in shock almost. Sure. And try to navigate my way. And I realized that there's strength in laying down. There's strength in staying down
2: yeah. and
0: not coming up with the solution and the answer right away. You know, we tend to be so conscious and sometimes you have to let the subconscious just run its course and take yeah. you to the place that you're, you're going to, ultimately wind up because we right. never all we never stay on the floor no matter how bad it is we all do eventually get back up talk yeah. to me about your wallowing <laughs> and when you knew it was time to get back up and a little bit about that journey
1: for a very long time I didn't I didn't realize how deeply I needed. To mourn because I I truly did lose who I was. There, there wasn't a a cell in my body that was not affected by the change that happened. And to say that, okay, well, you know, tomorrow's just a brand new opportunity for something amazing on the horizon. You know, you just want to throw up. You're like, okay, listen, I need to understand that my life is different. I'm not saying that it's worse. I'm just saying it's different. And if I can't acknowledge that it is different from head to toe. I will never be able to see that there is hope on the horizon. And so for me there were so many things that happened and so much pain that I needed space to breathe. And I I spent a long time. I had an initial full year where I was very manic depressed, went to doctors, had to take antidepressant medication and you know there's only so far that you're chemistry can really buck you back up. Sometimes the chemistry in your head is off. And sometimes you do need aid in a different way. But I felt like a failure for not being able to just find a way to be happy. My body was not able to do it. And so I needed to go through a process to re boot the system. But I remember a very specific day and it was a normal day. There was nothing amazing about it, but I was inside my house and I made a point to start doing stupid things like going out to the mailbox just to be in the sunshine for a second and then go back into the house and wallow in my life. And I went outside one morning and I actually felt the sunshine on my skin and I just sat down and cried. And it was just a rule real- of a relief just to be able to feel anything because I had numbed myself from all of it. I had numbed myself from pain. I'd numbed myself from joy. And so to be able to feel anything was the goal at that point. There's a really weird um, song that was playing in my head. It's not a weird song, but it was weird that it was just constantly stuck in my head, but it's by the Eagles. It's called Desperado. And they were talking about, isn't it, funny how everything starts to really become numb and all of those highs and their lows, they they go away. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I understand that now. Like I, I really get what that feels like. And so there was a lot of years that passed after that initial moment of just feeling anything that I really worked on processing my pain. And there are still days today that I have I have a day And I allow myself to have a day to be upset about not being able to communicate the way that would just be easy to do, or to be upset that there are big, significant things that have happened, like writing music that other people are listening to, other people are telling me what they sound like. And I only know one portion of what I think it sounds like. Wouldn't it just be beautiful just to sit on a couch and just listen to my own stuff And know exactly what it is. There are barriers that are real. And if you are forcing yourself to ignore them because you want to save face or be happy, you're rushing through a process of truly accepting the situation or yourself and allowing yourself not just to accept it, but eventually find joy in the differences. I truly, to my core, love who I am now. And I could not have said that even when I was hearing. I didn't like myself before. You know, as an 18-year-old kid, who knows themselves at 18? Nobody. You learn who you are with time and from multiple things having to be worked on. And so 18, I was a lost, scared kid. I'm in my 30s now, and I'm still in some part a lost, scared kid. But I really love who I am. I I love waking up. I love being able to sleep. Anywhere, because I can't hear the noise of everything that's going on. I like the silence of my life. It's become part of my everyday norm. And I would have never gotten to that part had I not been able to lay down that my life is going to be different.
0: You can tolerate those differences once you learn to accept those differences, right? Yeah. And, and that's they're still really...
1: frustrating. Yes,
0: yeah, you know? of course yeah of course it doesn't it doesn't change it and stepping outside your comfort zone so you know think about that you guys I mean she's a you know written you know three albums she's you know won fourth prize on America's Got Talent she's got the golden buzzer and she can't even hear her own music yeah oh I mean it's just blows my mind but it's really really good man what are the most memorable moments of of my relationship with you. And I have many, I'm happy to say, but that was 2017 AGT. yeah, America's Got Talent came knocking on this lady's door and I'm gonna gonna tell them all right now, she wasn't ready for it. She Um, did not want to take it. I didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. And I will say that I had a little bit of a hand of small pinky and trying to convince her to go out and do it. Oh, you did?
1: Not a small, not a small hand, the big shove, you know, cause it was, it, I mean, it wasn't just you, but it was a handful of people. And you were one of those people who were like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And, you know, when you say these kinds of questions like that, you're just like, what do I want for breakfast? That is a question that I struggle with. What do I want to do with my life is a big question. And, you know, like you, you were telling me about, how you have an amazing opportunity to encourage so many people on a level that you'll never be able to understand. And if you truly want to have that be a core of your heart, why would you not do something like this? And then you like had your like little mic drop moment and walk away, you know, and I'm just like left there like, well, damn, Heather, I'm not sure how to breathe now,
0: but I guess I'm going to have to figure this one out. And we did. We got a hair appointment and we went (laughs) wardrobe shopping and this baby (laughs) dragged her ass to AGT and blew everybody's doors off. And I want to talk about there was a time and I, you know, I don't even know really necessarily how you feel about this today because you you did talk about, can't we just be singers? Can't we just be people? Can't we just show up as souls, as human beings? Right. But I remember there was a time because of your artistry and your talent and your unbelievable talent, you didn't want to be known as a deaf singer. Like it wasn't part of what you wanted. And still to this day, I know that's in your DNA. But did America's Got Talent change that a little bit? Because obviously the first thing that happens when you walk on the stage is Simon goes, so like, yeah, did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I think I figured this out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. well, so I understand the importance of the story. I understand the importance of allowing people to really connect with you on on more than one level, whether it was hearing loss, or just people who understand the idea of having their dreams be modified or crushed or disappear in front of them. And then having an example, a living example of somebody who has made efforts and moved forward to either discovering a new dream, modifying the one that they were already pursuing, or just getting up off the floor again. So I I really do understand the power of showing that and being a champion for people. But there is a huge part of me that wants to run away so fast from this concept idea of being a pity story because it negates all of my passion, all of my hard work, and it makes it feel to me, if I'm a pity story, it's because it's a lack of education on your part that you think that a person with the different abilities is less than you. What is to be pitied here? I'm just different, just like everybody is different. So there is a large part of me that would love for the narrative to be musician, period. And, and for that to just be good enough. I think that in the future it would be great to not have to question everything because when I did win the golden buzzer, there were a lot of people who said, Oh, she only won the golden buzzer because she's broken. She only got to do this because she is Deaf, if in the future, if I ever win from from working my butt off, if I ever got nominated for a Grammy, let's not even say win. if I ever even got to be able to go to a Grammy award, if I ever got that opportunity, I don't want to doubt in my mind the work ethic and the thousands of hours and all of the people who I've worked with and, and all of the care and consideration that has brought me to that moment outside of she was handed this because we needed to check a box and we need it to be more inclusive. You're you're negating me.
0: Yeah. I think that there's something to be said about that generally speaking, but if we don't have and I get a visual of like a football team crashing through the paper at the beginning of the game. Yeah. If we don't have people like you crashing through the paper and yeah. being the first. Right. The first woman, the first black woman, the first deaf singer, the first the first the first, the first we're right. never going to have those doors open for the next, the next, the next. Exactly. So there has to be a first. And, you know, I'm here to tell you the world's too goddamn cold to check a box. to you know, <laughs> it, like it's too damn cold. And, right. you know, and I know that self-doubt comes in that because you can't hear what you sound like. You know what I mean? Right. And, well, there's no pity awards for your talent and your music yeah. from this heart. Because yeah. I listen to your stuff because it's fly. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to your, your music because it's amazing and involved i mean from jazz into your own song try that i have watched you perform a hundred times and never get tired i want to tell you as your friend and someone who loves you and admires you so greatly that the person that walked on that agt stage in 2017 is almost like a thing of the past it was like you shed so much with that experience and then evolving and doing the show and then going on to utilize a platform that was created from that, hear from people, you know what I mean? That love you, that were are sending you so much love. I mean, you've got thousands and thousands of followers and you have um, an autoimmune disorder that I want to talk about where and you can talk about it more, but it's extremely painful and it's a nerve disorder. So it's like all at the very edges of everything Her nerves her leg. Your legs will swell very uncomfortable. You did climb in the Himalayas in Nepal. Yeah. And I know that that was also out of your comfort zone. I want to talk a little bit about, I know that you shed a lot of doubt and you shed a lot of your own self-doubt and self-loathing. That yeah. I know that you had through the AGT experience and what came from that bud is a unbelievably gorgeous flower. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many things that have happened. Um, but let's talk about how these things still hold you down. So, you know, no, no one's overcome anything. What you've done is adapted.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, to, to piggyback with what you said about, you know, like somebody has to do things first. There was a, a really a really major milestone with running and it was a four minute mile. And nobody had broken it. And then there was one year that a gentleman broke the four minute mile. And then that same year after he did it, there was like 150 other people who did it. And it was just like, sometimes there needs to be an example so that other people can flood through and follow. So I I get it. I'm just excited for the narrative to change because if there's that one person, now it's not surprising anymore. And that's the goal with me and having um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and other autoimmune problems, I was not around other champions to, to see what was going to happen. Because when you have an autoimmune disease mind, they call you a zebra, which means everybody's different. Every stripe is different. You really just don't know what's going to happen. And there's a lot of other people who have EDS and their experiences are going to be very different from mine. And so you're in this constant pattern of learning and just allowing yourself to kind of free dive Without knowing exactly how you're going to land and going to Nepal and being a part of no barriers has the no barrier side of it taught me from looking at all of these other amazing champions that I don't have control. So the only thing that I can do is, is to really focus on the things that I, I can put effort and energy and love into, and then how it pans out at the end, we're going to have to wait and see. And so you have these incredible people like Eric Weinmeier, who has broken down a lot of barriers and done crazy things in his life, climbing all of the seven summits and kayaking the Grand Canyon without being able to see. And then you have, you know, a gentleman named Bill Buckley, who's deaf and blind, Gretchen Evans, who's deaf and blind, and myself leading a group of what the world would consider misfits because we had like a dozen differently abled students CP, blind, deaf, Tourette syndrome, brain injury, suicide and depression, foster kids who don't know who they are and where to belong. You know, you have all of these different differences in one group going to a place that feels like you're back in the dark ages because if you have a difference or a disability, you're cursed. Yes. So you're going in the land knowing that you're going to be ostracized and cursed, but you get to be a living example of that football team breaking through that tape for somebody else. And it's overwhelming, but it's necessary. And my body broke down. I, I, you know, like I, I knew going in that it was going to be tough, but you just never know how tough it's going to be. And there was a really beautiful moment that happened after we were on horseback on the Himalayas for like six hours And my body lost all ability to to really circulate um, blood. And so all of the kids had gotten there ahead of me. I was the last person to get up to kind of our break where we were gonna have a snack. And then they were gonna go on to this amazing place with like a thousand fountains, unreal. I got up to where everybody else was. I had my legs on my dad's lap because I couldn't feel them. And they started to seize. And then he looks at me and he's like, what do you need? Cause he could see like a the color left my face and my body started to go backwards. And I was like, I need to go on the floor now. And in front of all of these students, I was the most vulnerable weak thing as I had full body seizures from head to toe, just muscle spasms, everything locked up over and over and over again. And there was a moment before it happened that all I thought was I don't want to look weak in front of these kids. And then at the end of it, after, you know, I passed out and then I came back and then I saw them an hour or two later, several of them came up to me and they were just like, "I can't believe that you have a smile on your face right now." And I said, "Well, I'm here." And they they found the entire experience to be such a pillar of strength and such an encouragement that I was allowing myself to just be myself without, you know, smoke and mirrors or anything. I was, I didn't have the option to be anything but real. And that showed them that in vulnerability, you can be so incredibly strong yes. and that it's okay. It's okay to fail, it's okay to crumble, and it's okay to need help. And it was just a major reminder to myself and to them on how much we need each other. I, it was an incredible experience. I'm so, uh, slightly surprised I survived. Um, but if, if, if somebody came up to me today and said, Mandy, would you go back and do another round for two weeks up there? I would be like, I know I would do it differently, but hell yeah, I'd go again.
0: So first of all, it was brave of Mandy to go because she knew that she was going to be challenged in Nepal, you know, with some of her autoimmune disorders and, 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 you know, physical limitations. But I want to just go back to two things. So our charity, No Barriers, that we share in common, really is all about um, unleashing the power and unharnessing human spirit. So it has nothing to do with necessarily the challenges that we all face, but how we, use our own human spirit like Mandy just described to overcome mm-hmm. and what we say is that no barriers I'm stronger than what's in my way with that in India in Nepal in third world places like that um, when you're born with a disability you're normally it's general practice to be outcasted. So a young baby blind with no uh, born with no vision is outcasted generally speaking from the family because, They can't afford the child, they can't care for the child. I saw it firsthand when I was climbing in Nepal. So going into a place where she's not going to feel accepted, she knows that she's going to have physical challenges, and she's there representing strength and a charity for kids. That right there, my friends, is a pure example of daring greatly. And so that's a beautiful story. And I'm so glad you shared that with us. I I want to talk um, a little bit about loving yourself. I really want to close with a couple things about that because I think people hear these things like be kind to yourself, love yourself, but I don't know if they actually permeate into the flesh of the reality of what that means. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that, man?
1: Yeah. The, I I wrote masterpiece because of a conversation that seemed to be happening a lot. Everybody towards the very beginning, like, April, May, kept repeating, gosh, I wish 2020 would just be over. And then 2021, you know, everybody had hope that it was just going to be magical and normal again. And there were so many moments I was just like, are you kidding? You have these major things happening. You have the George Floyd thing with an explosion of people actually having conversations that have been needed many, many, many years ago and are just now starting. Why would you negate this year? You know, to say that, yes, it's messy. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's disgusting even. But these are a part of what makes us who we are now. You know, it's just like, I don't want to be the person from 2019. I want to be the person who went through 2020 and learned something and grew into being a better person. You know, I want to be something that evolves. And so, you know, with myself, with having the fear of COVID and the lack of an, of certainty with my job and my career as a touring musician, that went out the window. All streams of income stopped. With having an autoimmune disease and having stress, it, you have massive flares, which mimics COVID. Can't go to a hospital, you know, and so you have all of this fear swelling around and my body breaking down. And I kept Thinking to myself, if I never went through any of these things, I would be a completely different person. And the person that I am today is entirely because I have pieces and parts of myself that I wish did not happen at some point, but I've learned from it, embraced it and acknowledge the value of that brokenness. And so I wanted to write a song that was saying, yes, I want to love myself. But I don't just want to love the pieces and parts that I think are valuable. I want to be able to be in a place where I can love everything about myself, including the parts that have been the hardest, that have caused me the most pain and who have really in turn forced me to being the person that I am today because I think it's worth celebrating. I genuinely hope that people are out there and are looking at themselves in the mirror or really reflecting inward to say, okay, I wish I wasn't this person. I wish that I didn't do this or that, or I wish I had the ability to be more like this and understand that you have the ability to grow. You have the ability to change, but also the fact that you are an incredible person having been through the things that you've been through.
0: You always bring me so much joy and inspiration. I am so unbelievably blessed to call you friend. I love you so much. I'm so super proud of you. You make me well up in tears because you're such a beautiful human being. And with all that you have going on, you got to find some fun and some freedom. And so before we close, Mandy Harvey, how do you find your freedoms?
1: With communication, Mm -hmm. it, it is the thing that gives me joy. You know, I I love to do and learn. I I've started a sourdough starter during quarantine. I've been rollerblading, I've been doing CrossFit, I've been trying to like take more baths and just calm myself. But the more and more I really focus on how much joy comes out of just being able to have a genuine conversation. Freedom and communication are are married. And it is the biggest gift that you can give anybody.
0: So Mandy, in case my listeners don't already follow you, can you please tell them where they can find you so that they can follow and find all your beautiful music and and tell us everything?
1: Yeah, Um, you can always go to my website at mandyharveymusic.com or you can follow me on Instagram, which is at Mandy Harvey, uh, Facebook at Mandy Harvey Music. And I just started a Twitter account. I'm, I'm very new to it, but I'm, I'm working on it, which is Mandy.Harvey. So I'm, I'm here, there, and everywhere. And I am, I am in the process of recording a new album called Paper Cuts. And so um, Masterpiece, Spot Myself Roses, those are two songs from the album. And it's genuinely the, the piece of art that I have been working on that I'm most proud of and very excited very excited to share with people.
0: Well, Amanda Lynn Harvey, which I've never called you before. That's I love much. it. Yeah. I love it. so. I'm much. just glad
1: you used my actual full name, you know, because most people just call me Amanda. I was like, that's not my name.
0: It's Amanda yeah. Lynn.
1: If you're going to buy by mandolin, which the only the government does, you know, like <laughs> you at least do it right.
0: Exactly. Well, I got you in my heart. Oh, I love you me. so much. Thank you so much for being in my heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along at I am Heather T. And please don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcast. We'll be there. Tune in next week for another episode. Thanks so much.